morning and welcome to Emmanuel Episcopal Church in Rockford, Illinois. We are so glad that you have joined us this morning and wherever you find yourself on your spiritual journey, we are glad that you are here with us today. We have a slightly different uh, service for Advent. We have really pared everything down in order that we can maintain safety of our parishioners and our friends and those who assist in the service. I still hope you will find meaning in this service for Advent One. Just a couple of announcements. This week we will begin our Advent study with Amy Jill Levine, Light of the World. It starts at seven o'clock via Zoom and it will continue for the next four Wednesdays. So the first Wednesday is December 2nd. Also, just tuck in the back of your mind, Lessons and Carols is no, uh, December 20th at four o'clock via Zoom. And also the next night is a service for the longest night, which is also known as Blue Christmas. And that's a service for us to ponder loss or sadness that we may feel not everyone is filled with the Christmas spirit, so this is a way to come and be quiet and be with others who also feel the same way that we do. And now we will begin the worship of our Lord. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had not known in what Part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. 
Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Let us say together a portion of Psalm 80. Hear, O shepherd of Israel, leading Joseph like a flock. Shine forth, you that are enthroned upon the cherubim. In the presence of Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, stir up your strength and come to help us. Restore us, O God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angered despite the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have given them bowls of tears to drink. You have made us a derision of our neighbors and our enemies laugh us to scorn. Restore us, O God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance and we shall be saved. Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, the son of man you have made so strong for yourself. And so we will never turn away from you. Give us life that we may call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance and we shall be saved. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Isaiah. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways, but you were angry and we sinned because you yourself, because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like the one who was unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There was no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O oh Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider we are all your people. Here ends the lesson.
reading from the book of Mark. Jesus said in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the son of man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you all is, keep awake. Here ends the lesson. Well, a new year, a new lectionary, a new gospel for us to plunge into. And since it's year B, the gospel that we will be reading and examining is the gospel of Mark. And as we know, Mark is only 16 short chapters, but he manages to put quite a bit of information about Jesus and Jesus' ministry into it. Excuse me while I fix my mask. There. Just a wardrobe malfunction, I guess they would say. The Jesus in Mark's gospel, as we know, is one who is always on the move. Mark uses words like immediately, suddenly. There's no time to waste with Mark's Jesus. And Mark's Jesus and the gospel is written for those who have already believed. Remember that we're always talking about in Matthew and Luke and John that the Gentiles, the followers of Jesus, are being persecuted. They're being persecuted by the temple, they're being persecuted by the Gentiles, and they're being persecuted and left off on their own. But Mark's gospel is not like that. According to Frederick Buechner, he writes that Jesus is known to Mark's readers and listeners and hearers of this story. So therefore, he doesn't have to add a lot of other extraneous events to explain who Jesus is. And in fact, right in the very beginning of the gospel, 1-1, we know that Jesus is the Son of Man, the Son of God, who has come amongst us. There's no birth story, there is no expectation of Mary and Elizabeth, there is no magi, there is no sh uh, shepherds coming to the manger. There is an adult Jesus who begins his life 
at his baptism. And many of us do think of our baptism as our own new life. So that makes perfect sense in Mark's gospel that we should begin with that. And that John the Baptist is the one who takes care of Jesus and who is his friend and companion, his cousin. In the other gospels, we know that he is Elizabeth's son. But the reading for today is about how we're to always remember to stay awake, how we're to be wise as serpents and as innocent as doves when we're in the world. Because as Jesus says, there are people that are willing to take advantage of us. So therefore, we must keep awake and keep watch, be on our guard, because you never know what is around the corner. And we certainly know that to be true of our own lives. But he also has taken his four companions, James, John, Andrew, and Peter, and they're sitting opposite the temple. And Jesus is pointing out all the hypocrisy that he's witnessing. Before this story is the story of the widow's might. And as we know, the widow puts in two coins which is all that she has while the other Pharisees and Sadducees and wealthy people walk by, brushing her out of the way. She's a nobody. But Jesus points out that she has given more than they could ever give because she has given what is really and truly in her heart. So they sit and they look and they gaze upon the temple and Jesus tells them not to be like the hypocrites. Jesus tells the four, because they are his inner circle, to not fall prey to those people. Often in our world today, it's easy to fall prey to people like that. We put such stock in those who come from a place of authority. And so many times we are then disappointed. Think about the Girl Scout leader who embezzles money from the troop, or Jerry Falwell Jr., who acted so inappropriately that he was removed from his presidency at Liberty University. It's easy to become cynical when we hear these stories and to wonder why we even bother to pay attention, why we even bother to follow people, to think that they have the key to how we ought to live But the key to how we ought to live is when we follow our Lord and Savior. The key is to put our stock in him and not on on humanity. Because as we know, humans are fallible. We're all fallible. We've all made mistakes and we've all sinned. So we have to be awake and keep alert. And we don't know when the, the time for the world to end is coming. Yes, we know there are people who think that they can predict it and prognosticate that it's going to happen on a certain day. I remember one time we were having our house painted and the painter was quite a chatty fellow. And he was talking to me and he was telling me that he didn't really believe in religion. He thought that religion was for weak people. But then he started telling me all these things in the Bible that, that had 
told us what was going to happen, that 9-11, if you look in the Bible a certain way and you, you take the verses and you somehow mangle them up is what, all I could think of, you would see September 11th. And I remember not saying anything to him because it's useless to try to persuade someone that the Bible does not predict what is going to happen, that the Bible is a book of faith, that people have stories that they have told and that we have decided to listen to and keep because they give us strength and solace in times of sadness and they bring us joy in times of happiness. So I let him think, continue to think what he wanted to believe because he was so adamant about it. But we don't know when the world is going to end. And anyone who tells you that they do, I would run as fast as I possibly could from them because they don't know. And they may be trying to swindle us into believing something that's just not true. So as we begin this Advent season, Mark's gospel gives us hope and that each Advent we begin to, we begin again. We begin to understand and think about who we are and who we want to be. We begin to look at our world and how we can change it and change our place in it. As we know, the world is not often an easy place to live in. There's a lot of anger and mistrust, but there's also a lot of hope and beauty. We hear every day of stories of people who do things for the smallest reason, but they reap the biggest rewards. So over the four, next four Sundays of Advent, I invite you to think about how you can make room in your heart yet again for the Christ child. And remember that Advent is the beginning, not the end. And even though we will have the stories that appear to be dark and frightening, they are ones that give us hope because we know that there is no end, that when and if the world ends, that we will go someplace else and that we will be with those who have gone before us and be reunited and we will live in heaven and it will be a glorious banquet. None of us will be left alone. None of us will be friendless. None of us will be unhappy. And that is the happiness I carry in my heart this Advent. I hope you do as well. Amen.
us say together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light now in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility. That in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to life immortal. Through him who lives and reigns with the power of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I now invite you to gather up all your prayers for people that you love, events that are happening in the world, in Rockford, in our country. And as we, say, as we ponder those, let us say the prayers of the people. Dear God, we pray with faith in the power of your presence. Today, in the hope which Advent brings for the creation of new visions, expectations, and possibilities for us and our world, and our wildest, most daring dreams of peace in the world, we pray for the welfare and safety of all your people, nations, and religions, living with tolerance, respect, and equality, and freedom for all, for Emmanuel Parish for those whose efforts sustain this church, our clergy, bishop, and all churches of God throughout the world. We pray for your guidance and blessings. We pray for healing as you know is needed for those in unbearable circumstances, the homeless, the prisoners, the fearful, those who are threatened or captive. We pray for those in sickness, and those on our parish prayer list, especially the children and families of Emmanuel, Dale, Ellen, Kevin, Larry, Mary, Marianne, Nick, Owen, Patrick, Rich, Sam, Sean, and for our families, friends, and neighbors. We pray for those who have died, especially Alvin, John, Phyllis, and Toshia. Those we hold in our hearts and those who have gone before us to your heavenly joy. And now gathering up all those prayers and petitions, let us now say the prayer our Savior has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May Almighty God, by whose providence our Savior Jesus Christ came among us in great humility, sanctify you with the light of his blessing and set you free from all sin. Amen. May he whose second coming in power and great glory we await make you steadfast in faith, joyful in hope, and constant in love. Amen. May you who rejoice in the first advent of our Redeemer at his second advent be rewarded with unending life. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and forevermore. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God.